With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney tonight, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house. Welcome you to another episode of Winging It in Motown Radio. The Red Rings really suck ass this year. Hey everybody, it's Kyle, your host for this episode of Winging It in Motown Radio. Um, obviously, I don't have much of a future in singing, but it's Christmas time, the holidays, so we're getting in the holiday spirit. Um, so we're going to give you a holiday version of Winging It in Motown Radio. Um, uh, and try and be as jolly as we can, um, given the state of things right now. Um, so tonight we've got Lauren and we've got JJ and we've got Peter. And then obviously you've got yours truly. Um, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, how are we feeling tonight outside of uh, uh, sports feelings? Not too bad, actually. That's great. Hmm. Jolly as fuck over here. <laughs> jolly <laughs> as fuck. All right. Jolly AF. Jolly AF. Ed, is that your is that your answer, Peter? Sure, why not? Wow. Very good. Very good. Great to hear it. Great to hear it. Uh glad to be back on the horn uh and talking some Red Wings. Um who I don't know, last time we spoke things were pretty bad and now that we're back speaking again, things are still not very good. Um even though things did get better there for a couple of days. Uh when they played the Ducks and they dropped uh, dropped six goals on the on Anaheim, um, but everything just kind of just kind of bottomed out again. Um, so we'll just go ahead and jump right in. Um, uh, yeah. So <laughs> as Peter said, as the wings burn, um, obviously uh, that 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 Anaheim game was a lot of fun for everybody because uh, you know the wings scored six goals and you know I mean that's like a like it's like like a rare Pokemon right now. Um, the Red Wing to see the Red Wings score uh, even more than one goal at this point, as pathetic as that sounds. Um, and then uh, they had a game against Anaheim, um, which, or I'm sorry, uh, against Carolina, which never happened because of ice issues. So they postponed that, delayed it. Uh, we don't have a makeup for that yet. And then uh, we had a 
bludgeoning at the hands of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who else? Um, not a very good outing. Um, and we lost our starting goalie. So really just a real, real rough, rough look. Um, I guess <laughs> uh, the... the the, uh, the the positive is that Nick Jensen registered registered his uh, first NHL point um, and killed two NHL goalies. So hey, good for him! Merry Christmas, rookie kid guy. Um, I don't know. I guess the, <laughs> yeah, the twenty six year old rookie. Who was the Who was the team who had like the thirty year old goaltender rookie like recently? Does anybody remember? It was recently, like I think within the last two years. Hmm. JJ, do you remember that? No, I don't remember. I thought there was one, like a super old goaltender. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Irrelevant. Um, anyways, uh, getting our quick takes from um, the past, I guess, what, few games since we last talked, or I guess more recently, the last two games, the Ducks and the, and the Lightning. Um, and then, uh, obviously, there are games we don't really need to touch on that much, but... Um, uh, I guess uh, the, the the quick takes there. Um, uh, the Anaheim game, I didn't really get. To, I, I got to watch like the cliff notes of it. You know, when they do the condensed replay um, uh, after hours, uh, like two a.m. I watched it while I was at work. Um, you know, they gave up two goals and then they kind of rumbled. They kind of rallied, and um, Thomas Tatar had the hat trick, which is great to see because he had been such a disappointment and it <laughs> to uh, to some people. Um, so I guess you know divvying it up between the two games. Um, there's some good, and obviously there's a lot of bad. So um, we're not going to try. Well, I, I, I don't think we were going to try and make this a poo-poo fest right now. But, um, you know, obviously, uh, what are your guys' quick takes? Um, Lauren, let's, uh, let's, let's let you take this off first. Okay. Um, well, I didn't get to see the, the entire Ducks game. So I was actually on my way back from Detroit. When that game started, um, but I saw basically from like as soon as we tied it up at three it was like it was just after that that I turned on the game. So it was pretty nice to watch us, you know, take over and you know win that game. It was definitely a little iffy at times, but um, I really was I was really stoked for um, Tatar getting his first NHL hat trick. That was pretty cool. Um, Obviously, the Hurricanes game didn't happen. I was at work that night and would not have seen it anyway. But then uh, last night's game, I obviously had the recap for it. And that that was just terrible. Like Not fun. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, and it was, I don't know, like, it, watching that game, like, even um, without guys like Stamkos and Callahan and... Uh, is it Kucherov? I think is yeah, out right now too. Kucherov was out. Um, and uh, and like just the entire rest of the team, even including some of these rookies and stuff that they have. Like I was reminded, like how scary of a team they can be, and it mm-hmm. isn't necessarily just who they have on the ice; it's how they deploy them. Like just watching their forecheck is like it just. I was like cringing already, like having you know war yeah. flashbacks to the last two playoff runs or. Well, I don't. You can't really call it a playoff run. If it was playoff outings, you know, playoff outings. Yes, there you go. <laughs> and um, and I was just like, you know, it's it's such a different, you know, such a contrast to what the wings are now. And it's <clears throat> it is, you know, sad to 
to watch that. And we're obviously in a, um, in the declining years and we have been for a while while Tampa's kind of more on their own rise, but, uh, it's, yeah, that was just hard to watch. I wanted to turn it off, but I had to finish the recap. So <laughs> obviously I tried right. to have a little fun with writing poems and stuff, but it, yeah, that, and you, that wasn't much to, <laughs> you did a very yeah. good job because it's Thank very you. hard to, to do stuff like that after a game like that. And, yeah. um, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it I guess it's, it, you brought it up. I mean, the four check, the way that they play against the Red Wings, um, I don't know, like, because I don't watch the Tampa Bay Lightning when they play other teams. I don't know if that's, like, a thing for them or if it's just when they play the Red Wings and the Red Wings are just really soft to that, um, which I know that um, the key to I, – I, if anybody asks me how what are the keys to beating the Red Wings, my answer is always be aggressive on the forecheck because the team will cave. Um, and that's pretty much what the uh, – what Tampa does, and uh, I think we've we've seen it multiple times this season. So I don't know, but it just seems like even without their best players like Kucherov, who has been like just he, he has always just like owned us. Um, you know, even without him and and Stamkos, who is obviously their their uh, you know their their big name player, um, it just sucks. You know, you you would think because going into that game, I know that. Um, Ataria, uh, the, the editor over at uh, Raw Charge, she was like, yeah, we're banged up and we suck right now. And, you know, because they're also on the outside looking in at the playoffs right now. And, yeah, they're not doing well. Um, but, you know, they came in and they had literally no problem handling Red Wings. It was like not it didn't even phase them. So anyways, yeah, Ataria, uh, though, she says stuff like, oh, we're so banged up or oh, you guys are going to. Yeah, you know, yeah, totally she's... roll all over. <laughs> and then the complete yeah. opposite happens. And I like I'm like. Okay, I just yes, he told me that. And I was like, I was like using okay. like reverse psychology to the hockey gods or something. Like, knock it off. <laughs> right. Um. Okay. Uh, JJ, uh, your take. Um. I mean, you said the uh, the only thing I have to say about the concept of like forecheck aggressively. The the game that we've you kind of forgotten about this is that four one loss to the Kings and the Kings didn't really beat us by four checking aggressively. They played a pretty heavy neutral zone trap and beat us. So right now we're finding all sorts of interesting ways to lose. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah. I don't really have it. Like, I don't really have anything to add about the ducks game. I think it's been like, it was fun. Um, yeah, you had fun. Yeah. It was satisfying. I always enjoy beating the ducks. I always like it when Corey Perry is, is upset and, and Ryan Getzloff goes home. Um, I really thought that, like, maybe in the post game, like, not like immediately, but somebody should have, somebody on the team should have called uh, Kessler a, a dirty shit or something for that hit that he laid on Mike Green. That uh, the yeah. three Mike Green is out this week. Seventeen seconds left to go in a game, and you've got that uh, fucking donkey taking runs at people just because he's a sore loser and he's of course he's gonna go oh you're gonna play the whistle and shit like that it's like they were losing that game was over uh he's just a dirty player and it's it's just annoying and even though we've got the the guy who goes out and fight and sparks the team back um nobody had the the guts to kind of call kessler out for that i just thought that was bullshit um as far as tampa uh, tampa goes uh, I think Tampa fans are getting tired of playing us too because every time we play them, like injuries just pile up. Um, right. Stamkos got hurt for the like basically mm-hmm. for the year against us, and we lost Helm against them in the last round. 
we got Nick Jensen killing goalies in this game. <laughs> um, with Tampa, you know what? I wish that we could be rivals because I feel like I have to contain a lot of my dislike for Tampa because after so many years of watching like Colorado fans as their team got less and less relevant, they got angrier and angrier about the Red Wings doing well. I don't want to become that fan. Yeah. Yeah, so, I totally get you on that. You don't want to become Anthrax Jones. Yeah, definitely not. That's my entire... <laughs> I wake up every morning and do my affirmations like, don't be like Anthrax Jones today. <laughs> <laughs> Who is still one of my favorite people. But yes, I don't want to be yeah. like So, and other than that, um, I, just, I can't hide it for Brian Boyle, man. Fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. Every time he scores against us, it drives me nuts. <laughs> and that goal was like, he scored that goal, and I was just like, why? Like, I, <laughs> like, why did that have to happen? Like, that this, this shit doesn't need to happen. That was <laughs> my exact reaction. It's just, yeah, you're like, why? Like, God, anybody else? Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, of course. You know, yeah, well, right. yeah, it's like. <laughs> and it was that way, the way he scored, too. It's just like, God yeah. damn it. Yeah, the way that we like try and try, and it's we're banging our heads against the wall, just praying that at some point we can get an open lane with a guy in it with a stick that actually gets it past the goaltender and isn't going to deflect it up into the netting or out into the fourth row or uh, <laughs> right in the face of one of his own teammates because that's the way it goes. And like they go out there and like, oh, well, flip it in, it's a goal, whatever. That's easy shit. Why don't everybody do this? Yeah, exactly. It seems yeah, like how they scored like all of their goals against us. Like yeah, just pretty much. every single time, like that's just what happens in those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that's it, it. It was frustrating. I mean, from top to bottom, from from start to finish, that game was frustrating. There was really nothing positive to take from that. And obviously, you didn't have Mike Green, who has been your best defenseman. But even with Mike Green, that game probably doesn't really change much. Maybe it's four to two or three to one or something like that. It's still, it doesn't make much of a difference. Um, uh, Peter, what about you? Do you have any takes uh, from, from the, the, the stretch? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I spent some time today thinking about this because obviously, you know, I knew, you know, we always start to show like this um, and, you know, I've been trying to think of something that isn't just going to be a repeat of like the last couple of weeks. Um, most of what I have to say is kind of a repeat the last couple of weeks, but, um, you know, I think like one of the things that JJ said was, you know, kind of sticks out to me. is like the, like the Anaheim game was fun. And, you know, thinking back, like I can think of a lot of games this year that just weren't fun, you know, uh, to watch, you know, just, uh, um, just, I don't know, boring. I mean, it's kind of the only way I can say it. Cause like, like some of these, you know, some of these games, like, I mean, things are happening, you know, there's shots on goal. There's, you know, like, like I'm thinking of like, kind of like the Philly game, um, you know, both teams are getting chances, but I mean, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, this is so boring. Um, and I think, I think one of those things is like, um, you know, my entire hockey experience, I have a lot of experience as a, a former Islanders fan of watching bad teams. I've seen lots of different types of bad teams. You know, so I have a lot of experience rooting for a, a team that's not doing very well. Um, and, you know, the most frustrating thing about that is when you watch a team that just 
gives you nothing to be excited about, you know? And, you know, so the, the, the Ducks game, you know, I mean, we made a lot of mistakes, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, they scored for, we scored six goals. Obviously that's great. I'm not taking anything away from that. That was fun. Um, you know, we should do more of that. Um, you know, but I mean, like, you know, we, we were still making the same type of mistakes we've been making all year. Um, we just, you know, we were able to score more, you know, we were able to score more than a goal, uh, you know, but, you know, it's fun. I mean, like, if, if you're going to lose, you know, at least, you know, give us entertainment, you know, make it look like you actually care if you're going to win, you know, and, you know, like, you know, obviously it's, it makes it a lot more, you know, it makes it a lot easier to be a fan, you know, but during the, uh, what was it, the, uh, the, uh, I can't even remember the, I can't remember because I've kind of blocked it out of my mind, the Tampa Bay game, like, I think we were talking about this on Slack. Like I'm sitting there and I, I kind of got this feeling that, that it sucks. It's like, it's like when you're just kind of feel numb as a fan, it's like, Oh, Tampa Bay has a power play. Oh, I bet you they're going to do that thing. They do every single time that we never stop. Oh, Hey, look, it's in the net. You know, Hey, we got a power play. Okay. We got zero shots. You know, and it's like, you're not even mad anymore, you know, cause like you kind of know it's coming and you're just like, well, this is going to suck. And like, it's, it's, it's a bad feeling, you know, it's, it's, it's not fun. You know, it's not fun to be a fan like that. Um, but like the specific thing is, oh, I kind of said before is, you know, watching the Tampa game, it just like when we, when we play against them, it highlights just how bad our power play is. Um, because, the things that they're doing, we could like, I'm not saying like we could just like flip a switch and be as good as them. Like, I mean, I think they have, you know, especially when they're healthy and they got Kucherov and Samkos and stuff. I mean, they have weapons that we don't have, you know, Hedman, uh, you know, drew in. Um, but I mean, some of the stuff that they're doing that makes it effective, we could do like, it's not hard. Um, you know, Prashanth was saying, uh, you know, basically, you know, on the power play, you know, we're, we're just stationary, you know, uh, pretty much our power play is like everybody stand around and when, when Zetterberg gets the puck, it's going to be on a stick for 10 seconds or Cronwall is going to get it and hold on to it too long. And unfortunately, like we're starting to see that wear off on, uh, you know, Larkin, like Larkin made a play on the power play where he's coming in and he should have just taken a shot and he took like an extra, you know, half second to, you know, go to the left a little bit. And the, 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 the lane he had closed, you know, so in the ducks game, you know, they're throwing pucks at the net and it seems like they just forgot about it, you know? So I think that's the thing for me is like this fresh, you know, <laughs> I mean, obviously nobody likes to lose. I don't like to lose, you know, but going into the season, I mean, I thought that, you know, I, I didn't think we were going to make the playoffs. Obviously I, I want to, but I, you know, I thought that there was at least a very good chance we don't make it, but at least make it look like you're trying. Cause there's been too many games this year that it looks like nobody cares. You know, it yeah. looks like they just don't care. Yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of not caring, um, it just kind of to we'll riff on this because obviously we could talk about we could sit here and dissect every single thing that's going wrong with the team right now. Obviously, the power play has been very very bad, and um, that was one thing that kind of damned them last season. And uh, you know, they they made changes to fix it this you know in the off season, and obviously nothing has changed. It's still really really bad. I'd argue probably it's it might be worse right now. Um, but anyways, um, we have to talk about it. It's the talk of the town here in Detroit, whether it's on radio or on TV or um, I, I guess in 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 print with with some of the mainstream outlets. Um, there has to be, if things keep up the way that they are right now, there has to be some sort of changes on the horizon. Um, 
And not just like benching players changes, which obviously has been made vocal that's going to happen. Um, I guess the the big thing, and we've talked about this before, you know, who would we rather have canned if anybody has to be canned? And, you know, obviously I think the consensus vote is that it's Holland. Um, and, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I like, you know, you could, you could fire Ken Holland this season. Um, personally, I don't think it's going to change anything. Um, not right now, at least. Uh, it's kind of like a, that would have to be like a long-term kind of, like like plan um i mean and it, there's someone who asked me a question earlier on twitter do you guys think and like this is what i want to ask is do you think that this season is more influenced by blash hill than last season whereas i'm we're seeing the red wings kind of bottom out big time right now whereas we saw them make it into the playoffs um, kind of squeak in um do you think that what they're doing this year is more of Blash Hill, or do you think what we saw last year might have been more Blash Hill, where the Red Wings kind of found success where they could? Um, do you get? I mean, I guess that's kind of what I what what they were asking is Blash Hill more responsible for what we're seeing this year, or more responsible for what we've seen like last year when they went into you know they made a they made a, a, a you know a playoff berth. Um, We'll go in reverse order here. Um, Peter, you can go ahead and uh, and start us off here. Hmm. And it, it might be hard yeah. for you because you didn't really you might not have watched the Red Wings last year. I know that you were No, I mean I, I, I did. Like I I've I've been, you know, kinda you know, the, the Red Wings have been my main team probably for like three, four years maybe now. Okay. Um but I mean yeah, you know, there's there's a big difference between just kind of watching as a fan and watching as somebody who has to, you know, write about the team and talk about the team, you know, like, you know, there's, there's a, a huge difference in like, kind of like the level of detail that you're paying attention to. Um, I'm trying, like, I remember, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember like last year, you know, there was the, you know, the, the, like the concept of the line blender was kind of there too, you know, it's like, that's not a new thing this year, but I, I don't know. Definitely I, not. I think, but some some of the lineup decisions seem. I don't know. I don't remember there being as many lineup decisions last year that were just baffling. Like you know, where I didn't really understand the thought process behind it. Um, or like this year, it seems like like it, it seems more of this. Uh, I don't even know what you call it. It's like all of a sudden, like you know, Athanasiu is not playing, or you know, Mantha is not playing. Uh, and I think I looked at, you know, uh, or, you know, like, like the idea of like, you know, let's put Athanasio on the fourth line, you know, and play him five minutes even strength or something like that. Um, well, that I was mean, very I, much a thing last year for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, mean like, like, yeah. just to, like, I like to, I guess to keep the flow of things going, um, the Red Wings just don't have the, the safety blanket of a player like Pavel Datsuk anymore, and I think that's a big thing. And personally, my uh, my opinion is um, I think that you're just Blashill's dealing with a, a much lesser um, lineup because of that. And, uh, you know, let's face it, you know, the Nielsen's a good center, but he's not Pavel Datsuk. We've known that from the start. And, um, you know, and it is what it is, I, I think. Um, it. You know, Blashill's had some big faults so far this season, but he also hasn't been set up to, you know, he hasn't been set up well by his GM. Um, JJ, what about, uh, what do you think? I think there's uh, 
two different considerations here. First off, the question of is this more Blashill's team this year than it was last year? I think that's a no-brainer. Every single year you've got with a coach is going to be more that coach's team. Uh, the Red Wings got more and more Babcockian as his time in Detroit carried on. They will get more and more uh, Blashillian uh, for however long that dude lasts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that we are seeing, like, <clears throat> I don't know, I would guess the Lashoff call, the Lashoff call up, um, I don't think the Blashill necessarily argued against. I wouldn't be able to say confidently whether or not he, um, yeah. you know, would have wanted somebody else. But at the end of the day, Blashill was the guy who played Lashoff. Um, so yeah, he that's. Loves that guy. <clears throat> it's the same. In love with the the hard work guy isn't. I mean, that's the thing. The guy does what you ask him to, and he works as hard as he absolutely can. That's super easy to love as a coach, and that's exactly what Lashoff is. He's not a challenging player to coach. Um, he's just not that good. So it's it's. I don't want to call Blashill like a lazy coach in in that regards, um, but. It's the this team is you know obviously well they're missing something and they sometimes try to get a little too fancy or sometimes try to avoid things or aren't uh, and that's the weird thing it's a it's a trap of like they're not creative enough but when they are trying to be creative they're being reckless and I think that he's Blashill is trying to limit mistakes more than he's trying to create opportunities so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what he is. I think he still has growing to do as an NHL coach. I consistently say I think Blashell has more to sh- more to give at the NHL level, so I'm not necessarily on the fire Blashell train. Um, previously, yeah. you said that you know something's got to change if if things keep going this way. I'm not sure I agree with you there, and I think that the Red Wings have a really easy out in that select in that decision. In that Ken Holland specifically said that a big core part of this team um, he said it more with the contracts he's given out than the words he said but he, he's deeply hinted at it um, Darren Helm and Justin Ablocator are very big parts of this team and with them being out that gives the well of course we look like we don't have an identity because our, that, that's our identity is Darren Helm and Justin Ablocator and those guys are hurt right now yeah, uh, of course just, it looks like we're not giving the effort because Darren Helm and Justin Ablocator are like the effort guys on this team and they're hurt right now. So yeah, it, it's going to be like those guys are going to be our trade deadline acquisition. Sure. Um, Ken Holland basically has to pray at this point that it's not too late to make a playoff run because it's not entirely impossible that Ken Holland is uh, is right in that consideration and that with Darren Helm and Justin Ablocator, the Red Wings will be better. Uh, of course... We all know that that's going to mean that Athanasiu and and maybe even Mantha come out of the lineup as a result of that because Jeff Blashill isn't ever going to pull uh, Ott and Miller out of the lineup at the same time. Right. I, and, you know, I'm with you. I, I, I definitely don't think that. I, I do think that if you put Abdelkader and Helm back in this lineup, the team is better. I mean, it, it you know, the let's face it. Um you know, I, I, I Athens, you and Mantha are both good. I'd rather have uh, them in the lineup, um, and you know, obviously they will get pulled, and uh, that's just the, the reality of it. Um, but I, I, I'm speaking from a more broad sense. Like the team doesn't have a plan. I mean, they they are 
like they, you know, I don't know. It's just if it comes down to it and management or ownership comes to the team and it's like, hey, what the hell is going on here? We have a new arena opening up next year and you guys are like, you guys are awful. Like, I mean, if, if it's going to be anybody for me, it's got to be Holland. And I, I don't know. I, that's just me, though. But um, that's yeah, right. I mean, it's got to be anybody. What? You know, it won't be. Holland is Teflon. There's no I know, way. I know that. But this is what I think. Blashel's going to be the fall guy. I know Blashel's the fall guy. We've all expressed that. But I, I'm just saying that from my perspective, if it's going to be anybody, it's got to be him. I mean, he's the one who has constructed this albatross roster filled with terrible contracts uh, and aging veterans. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. Um, And it is, I'm not saying that Blashell isn't at fault for anything because he is, I mean, there is no excuse for Nicholas Cronwell playing 20 minutes a game. Nicholas Cronwell has been... um, Two shades under dog shit lately. He sucks. He's not good. Um, we're not seeing the rest that we're supposed that he's supposed to be getting. Um, I mean, you guess you can say the Carolina game, but I don't count that. They had to, you know, you know, whatever. They traveled. They practiced. So I that is just some. That's my take on that. But yeah, you're JJ. You're absolutely right. Holland's got Teflon. He's never going to be fired. He will leave on his terms and. Blashell absolutely will be the fall guy, and it will be the wrong guy leaving. Um, but or yeah, whatever. Um, Lauren, do you have anything to add to that at all? Um, I, kind of yeah. a kind of a loaded loaded baked potato there, but mm-hmm. um, I'm going to reiterate something that I've said basically from the beginning of Blashell's tenure. Uh, you know, when we first saw the team starting to struggle uh, last year, um, a lot of fans were like, what is going on? You know, why is he suddenly, a, you know, a terrible coach who makes all these baffling decisions? Um, I guess, actually, this is kind of going to be kind of a two-point thing. Um, Babcock made some seriously questionable decisions when he was here also. I mean, he was the guy that put Justin Abdelkader and Dan Cleary on Pavel Datsuk's wings, mm-hmm. like, you know, three years ago, four years ago now. So, you know, and it's it's not like he's not made decisions like that before. I mean, he, you know, was, he was not immune. I think, you know, people have these rose colored glasses when they're like, Oh, Babcock left us. And he was, you know, he's touted as the greatest coach, you know, of this, you know, this coaching era or whatever. And, you know, look what he's doing in Toronto. And it's like, well, Toronto has a very different set of players. They have teenagers. They have, you know, people that, you know, his, his veterans are very complimentary players. The ones that he's supposed to be playing are the young kids and they're bona fide, you know, high first round picks, if not first overall. And it's, you know, he's able to play these kids because if he doesn't play them, then, you know, he's, you know, there's literally no sense in him not playing guys like Matthews and, and Marner and, you know, whoever else is, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. the next Jesus in Toronto. Sure. Um, And the other point that I want to reiterate, and like I said, I've been saying this since last year, is that the, you know, you look at the success that the Griffins had in 2013, the shortened season um, for the NHL, they won the Calder Cup. Um, 
you know, there's, there's the between the benches videos that I love from that, that year you get to, you know, go inside the locker room and you get to see everything like that. And you see the type of coach that Blashill is. And it's like, okay, why is that not translating to the NHL level? The thing that I have always maintained is that the relative skill level of the Griffins to the rest of the AHL, and that includes now because they're still, you know, a pretty good team this year, um, is, is much higher than the Red Wings compared to the rest of the NHL. Like it's no contest at this point. Um, and I think that's what people are not understanding because you look at the players that Blashill had at his disposal in Grand Rapids, you look at their skill sets and, you know, how they're being deployed. And then you look at the Red Wings, like, especially with the defense, it's not even close. You know, mm-hmm. he had very mobile guys in the AHL to jump into the play. And we saw him trying to do that in the first, I don't know, dozen games or so last year. And we saw it wasn't working. So he's had to make um, changes. A lot of ways I think he's kind of reverted to the system that Babcock kind of left behind. Um, And of course, having to use the players that Babcock had kind of amassed into um, a team that worked with his system. So we're still seeing the remnants of a Babcock built coaching system and the players that work in it that Blaschel has been trying to fit into his system and has found out that it doesn't work. And he's still, you know, I think he's still trying to figure out what on earth to do with the people that he's been given. I absolutely agree that he has not been put in a position to succeed by his GM. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, lie and say that I don't like Blashill as a coach. I mean, he obviously has not been successful so far at the NHL level, but I don't dislike the guy. I'm not calling for his head like some people do. You know, they seem to have a vendetta against him, but yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely more willing to give him, you know, more of a benefit of a doubt than I think a lot of people are. Yeah, because of what I saw him do in Grand Rapids. Yeah. So all I can say there is bingo. Like that's a that's a really great uh, that's a really great point because you think back to that color cup run. They had Thomas Tatar on that roster. They had uh, they had some really big names on that roster. So yeah, um, you know what? You are absolutely right. Um, so I mean, guess branching off onto another uh, another. Um, um, topic here, our next topic. Uh, the injuries, the returns, uh, all that stuff. We kind of touched on everything. Justin Ablocator, the Darren Helm. Um, think they'll be making returns here soon, obviously, but, you know, they lost Howard, so now, um, who has been the saving grace for the team for much of the season, now we have to put we have to fall back on Peter Mrazek, who has been very shaky, um, can't control rebounds like he has been able to, uh, and just uh, has not looked like uh, up to par from for what he has been. And then you have Jared Crow, who is the the call up. Obviously, um, uh, got the L in his first NHL um, game, but didn't look bad. I thought he was okay. Um, you know, looking ahead, um, I guess you know what can we expect because you have Marchenko out, um, Erickson is Erickson still out? No, no, Erickson isn't still out. Um, I honestly couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, I honest to God, I was like blinking there. But um, yeah, no, he was playing with Jensen last game. Yeah, he was playing with Jensen. Um, uh, yeah, Marcheco out. He'll make a return here soon, um, ish. I don't really remember the timetable on that, but 
Um, obviously, losing Howard sucks, not only for the team, but for Howard, because he was having a really good season. Um, uh, of all players, I think he really needed to have that season, this season. Um, and, you know, we don't have a timetable. All we know is that it's, uh, quote, a while. And I honestly am kind of like thinking you're probably seeing like minimum of six weeks. Um, so, um, I don't know. Any uh, any question or any quick thoughts or takes on the, on the injury situation? Um, you know, like I said, we already talked about how getting Helm and Ivocator back would probably make the team better, but. I, don't I want to play off what Peter said earlier about the Red Wings not being as fun to watch mm-hmm. and tie it into this category with, I can't wait till we get Brendan Smith back. Because um, he hasn't been good this year, but he's been fun. His mistakes I, are fun, too. I forgot. I honestly forgot he played for this team. <laughs> Jeff would hit you for that, for saying that. Yeah. yeah, Jeff would be very upset with me, but you know what? Whatever. You know, I'm you know, yeah, I don't care. Bruins game for that. Yeah, um, but no, you're right, JJ. I think getting Brennan Smith back would be a uh, would be fun because even though it would cost you probably, you know, what it's a letter scroll, scroll. never play. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I guess whatever. Um, Sproul, I honestly hasn't really impressed me in the few games he's played. Uh, you know, since since being back in the lineup, so I I don't know. Uh, I honestly have been more impressed with Olet, um, which is funny because I thought that Olet was the lesser, but Olet has actually looked pretty solid so far this season. I actually really like what he's done. Um, he had a couple of goofs, but hey, he's still young. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely, Smith coming back would be great. Um, so I mean, yeah, maybe the Red Wings do you know, level out with all these players becoming more, um, you know, becoming healthy and all that, all that good shit. But, you know, it remains to be seen. I I honestly don't even like, I I haven't even heard like updates, like actual updates on Brendan Smith or Darren Helm or Justin Ablocator. Have we actually had like some, some actual concrete updates on that yet? Uh, Ablocator has been skating lately. Yeah, I know he's been skating. Um, but the, but we haven't. No, there's like no that. like timetable update. Yeah, I, I know that when they were showing the Red Wings goofing around with a football in rally during the Carolina Hurricanes um, snafu, mm-hmm. uh, they showed Darren Helm was playing catch, but he was only using one hand or one arm. So, right. <laughs> <clears throat> well, think, he doesn't um, have hands, anyways. So, <laughs> um, I think I heard that. Bertuzzi could be starting to skate soon after Christmas break. Yeah, he's traveling. Yeah, he's uh, he's traveling with the team. That's for sure. So um, yeah, but as far as practices and stuff so far, yeah. I think it's been nothing. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I forgot. Fuck, I forgot about Bertuzzi too. So. How dare you? <laughs> I I know. I'm sorry. I forget about everybody. It's just like the teams just things get very forgettable. Um, but yeah, I uh, you know there's. The team can get better, um, but obviously... Yeah, and that's what I said last week, is that the, the Red Wings aren't this bad. They're not no, no, good, no, 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 but definitely. they're not this bad, yeah. Mm-mm. Right. I don't think so. Yeah, I definitely don't think that this is what we've seen over this last stretch of games is exactly what the Red Wings are. Um, obviously, I'm not saying that they're a great team. Um, I'm not even seeing that they're a good team, but they are definitely not what we have seen over the last, what, 10 games. Yeah. Our yeah, saving not, grace is that Atlantic is trash. What was that? 
Our saving grace is that the Atlantic is trash. The Metropolitan is going to send five teams into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not like to- totally out of the possibility of being able to catch up to third in the Atlantic, which yeah. would be hilariously dumb and uh, extremely satisfying. Because you know what? I don't care. I still want them to uh, make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if you have a chance to make it, then make it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you okay. who do you think we uh, would replace from the Atlantic if we were to make it? I think Ottawa is still a joke. Yeah, Ottawa is yeah. got to be the other one. I think that they fall off pretty hard. I don't think you mm-hmm. touch um, Montreal or Boston oh, at this no. point. Well, I I just I'm hoping. I think it'd be great to see Montreal, Tampa, and Detroit get in again, and then just wave to yeah. uh, Boston on the outside. And that's assuming that at, like Tampa is doesn't you know heat up, which they very well probably will heat up once they get their p- good players back and all that shit. But um, you know they can eat all they want against us, but mm-hmm. uh, compared to other NHL teams, they're not not that great. So. Um, Anyways, uh, moving along to the next, um, the next uh, topic that we have, uh, looking around the league. Um, obviously, you have teams like um, Columbus, who just keeps winning games. The like JJ said, the, the Metropolitan is just kind of like the uh, the um, the gauntlet of the NHL right now. It just seems like everybody's doing really well. Um, Carey Price got pulled stared down as coach uh that was a huge storyline for whatever reason um it's because it was montreal that's why um so yeah everything is weird right now in the nhl it seems um i don't know i still think the nhl is super boring this year um but you know it is what it is um do you guys like have any thoughts about around the league i mean obviously um you know you you see teams like tampa who aren't playing up to par this year um you have ottawa who is like overachieving for what they are um and then you have teams like um who's a team who isn't playing well are you who isn't playing well who should be good right now dallas dallas that's a good one fuck that team <laughs> yeah but yeah no your guys's takes on uh, everything um you know like i said NHL is kind of boring this year, but um, you know there's still a lot of lot of a uh, lot of fun to be had. I guess you could say. Um, what are your guys' uh, opinions? Or uh, oh wow, I just saw Lauren's message there about Landon Ferraro. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lauren Landon Ferraro apparently has an ACL injury, so that sucks. Um, best wishes to him. Um, but yeah, your guys' takes on around the league. Um, fuck your Amir Yager. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, congrats to the guy for playing forever and scoring all those points, but I don't care. Kiss my ass. Old ass yeah. jerk. Never came to Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, uh, I was just taking a look. Um, we were talking about the uh, uh, the standings, you know, who we could catch. Um, and, you know, I noticed that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, uh, Montreal, you know, Montreal's goal differential is plus 31. So I started looking around because I was like, Jesus Christ, that's a lot. And then the Atlantic, the top three teams, you have Pittsburgh at plus 24, the Rangers at plus 33, and Columbus at plus 38. Like, that's just insane to me. Yeah. Like I said, the NHL makes no sense this year. I, I do agree, though. It has seemed like it's a boring year, which is weird to think about, but it 
I think that has accurately described quite a bit of this year. And maybe that's just because like the wings have been boring to watch so much this year that like, but like usually like I had the, um, the, uh, Philly Washington game on before, um, you know, starting the podcast tonight. And, um, that's, I think it might be like the first time about just about all season that I've like intentionally watched another, um, you know, any other team play. And I don't know if it's just me, like just not being interested in hockey and like in general as much this year. And if that is related to the wings performance, but it just, it just doesn't seem like it's very, you know, exciting. I don't know. I just, I would say boring is an accurate word for this year. It hasn't been very exciting. You're right. Yeah. I was noting during the Philly Washington game earlier tonight, because I was also watching it. Um, and like Lauren, I haven't been watching as many um, games on off nights, just a number of reasons. Um, and some of them are, it's just not as exciting to me. Like I don't look at, I look at the schedule every, every night and I'm like, I don't know if I want to land. There's so many rivalries that have gone so bland. And that was the, the Philly Washington game. It was, it was actually fun watching on Twitter that, like Philly and Washington fans really don't get along. Um, so yeah, that was that was part of what made the game more fun to me. That the the higher stakes, and we all know that NBCSN generally does a pretty crappy job of making the rivalry nights actual um, exciting and, and angry stuff. But yeah, it just feels like the entire league is trying to rebuild some rivalries and some things are falling apart and other things like aren't quite there yet like this it just feels like a transitional league or a transitional year for the entire league and like we need a few new storylines to to replace some of the ones that are kind of just dying off Hmm. yeah i I wouldn't say that some of them dying off is necessarily a bad thing because there are some storylines in this league that i'm like okay let's just let's move on we can we can be done with this one so <laughs> no i agree with that there's a lot of that but like i don't know i in a way i almost miss the constant shit out of toronto about how you can't win with phil kessel because uh, yeah. we always knew it was a stupid ass take and we always knew that it was going to be proven wrong and now that it's proven wrong it's like man what's there's nothing entertaining about it anymore. I, <laughs> I need I need the awful Canadian MSMers to to say dumb shit like that. Like they don't really have a new target of of that ire right now. Mm-hmm. No, because they they got their number one overall pick, and you know they can just right you know cry into their Austin Matthews jerseys and yeah. stuff at night. So yeah, the best <laughs> right. coming out of Canada, the best wine can come out of Canada right now is about to. Penny Oleksiak being given the Athlete of the Year award. Oh, God. <laughs> that's going to die out. I've never heard of that award before that happened. And exactly. What the fuck thing. is that? Yeah, that was, that was so petty and like it really was. It was it was old white dudes on Twitter like crying about a, a teenage girl getting an award that they think should have gone to, you know, someone who's already got all of these other words yeah, like that, mean, that mean more to him. Like Crosby, I can guarantee you doesn't give a single shit about that award. He's won it twice too. Like a super successful uh, Olympian versus the guy who didn't win MVP in his own league. <laughs> and Crosby had a good year, but get 
the shit over it, people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I do love it, and um, I, uh, I it, that was probably one of those petty things. It was one of those things where I saw it. And then I like looked around for the tweets that people were talking about, and I didn't even care to comment on it. I was just like, whatever. I don't have time for this shit. It's just like, you know, it it just it pissed me off even knowing that it existed. Um, yeah, it's a balance. Laura and I were talking about this earlier about reading the things that you know are going to make you feel stupid for having intentionally read them. <laughs> like, I think in a way, my hockey fandom relies on those things like just keeping a good balance of them i need to read stupid infuriating things uh to keep me interested fortunately um <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all, James all know did. where this is going <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm setting up speaking of yeah. yeah i got a jeff transition going uh yeah fortunately we got helene st james to write that uh they need to bench nyquist um and then like following it up with like this fun string of like Twitter quote retweets uh, essentially like she's been doing this a lot lately yeah she would she, she loves Ott so much more than I and we've been having a lot of fun with how angry Helene is at Nyquist and Tatar and now that Tatar scored like three goals she had to really back off and take all of her anger out on on the one guy um, it's just so hilarious that she gives such a pass to Zetterberg and, and Cronwall, the two definite leaders on the team who are probably most responsible for the power play and not working very well. Because um, I know that there are lots of, of different decisions that, that go in there that, that suck too. Uh, specifically, they let Riley Sheehan try to be the, the zone entry guy, and he's probably the worst person on the power play to do that. Um Zetterberg at the right circle is not dangerous anymore. Cronwall doesn't pinch the points down. But somehow it's like, it's all about Nyquist is is screwing up the power play. And it's just, it's hilarious how much she seems to hate those two guys. We have reached the point where we are comparing Steve Ott's role on the team to Gustav Nyquist role on the team and that is something that if you were to tell me would happen at this point in the season like before the season even started I would have been like we are going to pick first overall in the, in the draft <laughs> like there is a serious problem there because that is something like that's borderline like Toronto media bullshit right there like that is hot take stove like n- nuclear take as you could possibly get like you like you're you, she is literally going on this tangent this ti- like this tirade of where she's quote tweeting these people who agree with her and then anybody who doesn't agree with her just gets completely ignored um or blocked or blo- or blocked <laughs> she's blocked she's throwing out blocks now um and it, it it's just like good Lord, like, what happened? Who hurt you? Like, what did he do to you? Um, And it's like, yeah, Nyquist isn't scoring, and that's a problem. It's a huge problem. But when you you are so emotionally, uh, uh, like, um, affected by that, to where you need to um, compare the role of a fourth-line grinder whose job is to fight people um, and sucks at playing the sport 
uh, and how much he's paid to what a goal scorer should be and what he's getting paid. Like, it's just, good God, like, you surely can find something else to talk about because her literally her last four or five articles have all noted the same goddamn thing. I have been yeah. wondering where her, her article about, like, Cronwall is and stuff, like, you know, for... You're you're talking about people who are getting paid a lot of money, and are not living up to expectations. Like, mm-hmm. there you go. There's someone else right there to talk about. Like the entire team is not good right now. You know why single out? You know some of the people who actually have. You know, I mean, he's only got four goals, but some people have like zero goals. <laughs> yeah, so. and thirteen. I mean, he's. Prashanth, if you're already not following Prashanth on Twitter, um, you ought to be, because he's got a lot of the the good, uh, well-actually stats. And it's not an argument that that Nyquist is not free of blame, but, like, the sheer amount of blame. Like, you get the feeling that Helene could be, like, given an assignment, like, an emergency assignment by the Freep, like, nobody else is available to go cover uh, the opening of a French bistro in Dearborn, and she'd be like, I showed up to write to this French bistro, and I ate it, but Tatar and Nyquist weren't there, they suck. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, she just has to, has to take shots at them, no matter what. Um, and the whole the concept of like, well, you know, odd brings intangibles that, that this team has been missing since Dallas Drake. It's like, this team is way the fuck worse than when they had Dallas Drake. Like, are we trying to argue that the team without Steve Ott would be like even worse than they are right now? Cause that's what it seems like to me. Right. I, I mean, you can't even compare Steve Ott to Dallas Drake or the team like Dallas Drake was brought into a completely different team. Yeah, I, I saw that comparison and I I thought I was hallucinating. I was like, someone <laughs> made up this, like someone yeah. went to a fake tweet generator and made this up because there is no way that she is that stupid. Like, what yeah, a stupid like, comparison to make. It's not like Del Strick is a good player by any means, but it was just like, he was brought in uh, to a different team. It is what it is. Like, uh, whatever. But Drake is a Drake was a better player than Steve Ott. Fuck that. So, yeah, nicer. He smelled better, more handsome. <laughs> Had a nicer voice. I will say that for all of the pants chittingly, uh, blood out of the ears stupidity that that has come out of that, I am. I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't more entertained by Detroit Stiggers, especially Helene this season. Oh no, it's fun. I mean, you know, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it, it, I, it gives you something to laugh at in a very dark time. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's kind of like the idea of like hate watching a show. Exactly. And speaking yeah. of laughing at something, it's time for our positivity fucking corner. Um, like we do every week because we need it so bad. And, uh, you know, oh, yeah. we just live in a world surrounded by vitriol and um, poopy diapers and anger. So we're going to go ahead and talk about what is positive and what we like. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the reins here first. Uh, I am very pleased with the way the Griffins are performing this year. I think I said that last week, but you know what? Whatever. I'm still happy with that. Uh, they won tonight. Um 
They shut out the Admirals. Svechnikov had two goals, uh, and Russo had the other goal. So um, I'm very happy with that. And um, in terms of personal life stuff, um, hey, Christmas is on Sunday. You get to see my family. You know, hang out. You know, is I guess it's kind of weird that I'm calling that positive because usually Christmas time, family time, you kind of just cringe at that sometimes for some people. Um, but yeah, Christmas time. Um, hell yeah. So Merry, <laughs> Merry Christmas or um, Happy Holidays to those who do not, um, <laughs> to who do not uh, celebrate Christmas. Um, oh, it's a war on Christmas. <laughs> Shots fired. God, this PC country. Um, <laughs> next. Okay, uh, uh, Peter, you're next. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. Um, uh, let's see. So my my Christmas present to myself, my uh, Nielsen Red Wings jersey came this week. So that was that was pretty fun. Yep. Um, yeah, and um, normally normally I don't sit at home wearing a jersey. I'm not saying anybody. I'm not saying anything against anybody who does. You know, normally I just don't. But um, I decided, you know, I just got it. I put it on, and we we won. We beat Anaheim. Uh, the next question is why I didn't wear it at the next game. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. So it's entirely my fault. Um, but it was, it was it was really cool. You know, uh, I uh, I think it was like a couple weeks ago. You guys, one of the reader questions was like, you know, what jersey should I get? Um, and so that was my choice. Um, and then also, um, I think it's it's really cool that um, you know tonight I get to be on with Lauren um, because uh, she was part of my first winging in a Motown kind of experience. Uh, we did uh, we did the draft and we did free agency together, um, and that was you know that's pretty cool. I guess it was, you know, it was a draft. It was like the first time you know I was really nervous, wasn't really sure. You know, I was like, I think I know what I'm doing. I think I can do this, um, and it was you know it's. It was, it was a really cool first experience, and it was really cool getting to, you know, work with her that day. And so, well, actually, with you, sorry, because you're right there, duh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I think that's really awesome. And um, uh, a, a while back on one of the shows, I said that there was a time where I had to drop out suddenly last minute for a recap, and Lauren, you know, you stepped right up and took it. So, um, you know, that was really cool. So that that's definitely making me happy. Oh, thank All you. All right. Yeah. Uh, I guess Lauren, you're going next. Okay. Um, I want to bring attention to this cause I don't know how many, um, of our readers have really been following along with this story. Um, but we, I know in our, our chat, we've kind of been following along and it's been brought up in the, um, kind of the main hockey chat a lot. Um, uh, but the whole Craig Cunningham story out of, um, out of Arizona, um, has been, really, really interesting to me. I obviously work in, um, the medical field. I, I work in an ICU, um, at a hospital. And so to, to hear about his recovery was just incredible. There was a really good piece from, I think, oh, I don't remember what website it was. I know, um, I think Mackenzie did a, a piece, but there was another one from this morning that I read that was really, really excellent, really kind of gives the nitty gritty of, of what he all went through. Um, and, uh, and to hear of, you know, everything that he went through and, you know, what his, um, you know, every, just the entire um, recovery story and everything, uh, it was just really, really cool, especially around this time of the year. You know, it sounds like he's going to be 
going to um, rehab sometime soon, um, which is really great because, you know, it, it, for a long time there, you know, they, you know, they, they really didn't think that he was going to make it. So I, I just want to throw that out there um, that, um, you know, hockey gets to keep someone like that because that's, you know, that's one of those things that you don't ever expect. And it's, it, from the sounds of it, it doesn't sound like it was anything that they could have known about or prevented. So just the fact that, you know, all, all of the stuff that he went through, all the times he, he crashed and, you know, the, the ECMO, which is the, um, the, the base, basically the technique that saved his life in the end. Um, just all of that, you know, all of those people that were there, um, taking care of him, you know, they, they have kept someone in this, um, in this culture and in this community that I, I think, um, I don't know. It's like I said, I, I do this for my job. So it's kind of hard to put it into words, especially when I'm not, you know, kind of in that, that mindset at work. But, um, you know, like I said, it's just, it's really great to, to hear that story and hear that he's, he's going to be okay, whether or not he ever plays hockey again. I, you know, it's doubtful, but you know, he, he's, he made it, you know, and he's, he's going to be okay. So. Yeah. Great choice there. Um, and, uh, to add on to it, that was the Arizona daily star. The, uh, oh, thank you. Yep. No problem. Um, but yeah, that, that's a great choice because, uh, it's a great story and, uh, glad to see that uh he's he's rebounding um jj uh, i mean perspective wise that's <laughs> that's really hard to follow yeah um because yeah I, I absolutely agree with everything lauren said um on the ice uh shit i don't know I'll, i <laughs> i like nick jensen's assist um honest to god i didn't even see it i turned the game off at that point i'm a bad fan terrible Awful, awful. No, uh, I want to say that uh, we uh, the recap last night was actually or from the Tampa game was actually supposed to have been somebody else, but they had uh, uh, kind of an emergency situation come up at last minute. Lauren uh, was was kind enough to jump on that uh, as backup, and I'm not going to say that it's because of this because that's silly, but. I'm almost glad that if we had to have somebody recapping that game, it was Lauren because she, yes. uh, Lauren is very, <laughs> unfortunately is very good at writing recaps after some painful losses. Um, yeah. Cause that, that would have been, if that would have been me, it would have been a mess. Yeah. And it was, it was a refreshing recap. Like, yeah, cause that, the game had it all. It went from painful to boring and then back again. But, Honestly, getting uh, having a little bit of fun after a game like that is really important, and I think that, that Lauren's very good at that. So I wanted to to thank you for that, Lauren. That's oh, all, well, Lauren. Absolutely. You're very welcome, guys. <laughs> thank you. And you are absolutely right there because uh, there's probably no one else uh, on the website that can uh, bring light to a shitty loss like that, um, like Lauren can, because she's very good at uh, maintaining the. Uh, Maybe not like positivity, but just uh, like really good at putting things in perce- perspective and, and, and putting light on things that maybe not all of us are. You know, JJ and I can rattle off jokes about shit, um, but, you know, to uh, coming off of a, a loss like that where nobody is happy, obviously, it was, uh, it was really refreshing. So good stuff on you because uh, I don't think I would have been able to do that. Um, 
So anyways, that concludes Positivity Corner. Um, and we're going to move on to reader questions, as always. Um, JJ, let's do the reader questions, bro. All right, let's do this shit. Uh, we're going to start off with Case Denji. Uh, just some snark on how many uh, varies will be attached to the organization's disappointment in Mantha for not leading the league in scoring points, grittiness, height, balls dug out at one time, etc. The record very disappointing. That's all I can say. It's yeah, very under four. Although that's led to a good thing where uh, Peter said he'll never get over Macho Grande. That's a good reference, Peter. <laughs> uh, in the next two seasons, Tatar, A.A. Larkin, Mantha, Bertuzzi, plus Exo Jensen, Marchenko, Sproul will become RFA. Uh, with us unnecessarily spending to the cap as we are currently, how do we keep this core of players signed beyond 2018-19? Do we expose the shit out of bad contracts during the expansion draft or try to actually do something smart? That's a lot of people to call a core, but... Yeah, that's... Yeah, core is usually, like, what, like, two or three players? Um, yeah, three players. Yeah. Um, I would say... Th- that's the one thing, right, that uh, I think I feel confident in uh, Ken Holland in is uh, managing restricted free agent contracts when he needs to get value out of them. Um, so, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I think we'll be all right. I think they'll figure it out. Um do I think that all of those players are going to be here uh, in three or four years? Absolutely not. There will be one or two that are missing. Yeah. And they probably rhyme with uh, Papar and Pie, pie Twist. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Pushed off Pie Twist. Pushed <laughs> 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 Fuck you. No, Elise uh, came up with that one. That's a, what? Elise came up with that one. She calls him Pooh Stuff. <laughs> behind his back. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, DTD Tank had another question. Assuming one of uh, Marazic or Howard are traded in the next one or two years, do we reach inside the organization for a new backup, acquire one in a trade, or go to the FA market in the offseason? I'm really asking this to understand your assessment of our goaltending depth uh, between Corot, Patterson, and Pascal. No love for Calvin Heater. Uh, <laughs> Lauren, um, what do you think? Uh, I, if, if it's between, um, you know, I, I think they give a chance to Patterson um, because, you know, he's, I think he's pretty good. He was a, he was a, drafted player from I can't even remember how many years ago now. Um, but I think they try and see what they have first rather than go outside of the organization, um, which is actually a little bit against what they've been doing for the last several years. But um, I think in, in the, in terms of goaltending, like that's kind of seems like what they've, you know, kind of always done at least as long as I've been following the team. So personally, I think that you've got your backup in Crow as of right now. Uh, I'm not convinced that Crow is going to be a starter by any means. Uh, and I'm not convinced that Patterson's going to be an NHL goalie by any means. So I think that um, I still think they're going to remain uh, committed to uh, Peter Mrazek, um, barring a complete, just, he just goes right off the rails and turns into a complete enigma, um, which could happen. Um, that being said, uh, in terms of backup goalies, um, 
I don't even know if Patterson will be a, a backup goalie at the NHL level. I kind of he still kind of strikes me as a who he could be a, a McCollum kind of situation. He's good. He's done really well at the ECHL, um, obviously uh, this year. But uh, and he's got time left. Um, but with that being said, uh, backup goalies are easy to find. Uh, you can hit the free agency market for that and find a suitable backup goaltender. I mean, you know, they did it with Gustafson. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's pretty much if they, if need be, they'll probably just hit free agency. Yeah, I mean, goalies are so enigmatic as a whole, too. You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, like, like, you know, I mean, how many, how many times do you see, you know, somebody wins a Vezina next year, you know, they're 500. You know, I mean, it, it happens pretty frequently. So, um you know, I, I think I'm with with Howard being out. I mean, I do want I, I do hope Kuro gets some starts. I want to see he I want to yeah. see what he has at the NHL level. Um, you know, like you said before, I thought you know when he came up. I mean, uh, you know, he, he played pretty well overall. You know, I think I think yeah, I think I said it right after that game. He played pretty well overall. I'd like to see him get some more starts and uh, you know see what he, see see what he can do. He definitely has the build of a, an NHL goaltender sure. uh, that should be nowadays. He's fucking huge. So. Yeah. Um, he's like a Ben Bishop size, so and he's a good goalie. He's done so well in the AHL. So um, in the way he started, if nobody remembers, he started like a complete mess. Like he was t- terrible. Um, he couldn't buy a win, um, and then he just bounced back. And uh, uh, Saleko, uh just kind of like helped him develop into a really good goaltender. So um, yeah, maybe he does. Maybe he does restart the goalie cycle here in Detroit. Who knows? We've only yeah. seen him once, so we'll see. Only to add is that the uh, the aforementioned cap crunch may help really solve this too, where the Red Wings aren't going to have a lot of flexibility to go maybe out on free agency and, and do that. So uh, backup goalie is a great opportunity to save some cap dollars and guys from within your own organization uh, fit that mold perfectly. Uh, Swar Lordsome says, what's with all the sellout crowd bullshit? Uh, every game I hear Ken and Mick gush about another sellout crowd at the Joe, but when you look at the stands, it's emptier than my bottle of Jack after a Wings game. I realize technically all tickets are sold <laughs> because Ticketmaster buys them up, but why is there a need to sell it to viewers? And I'm going to go ahead and take this one uh, off the bat. Uh, the need to sell it to viewers comes from, I mean, Ken and Mick are Detroit Red Wings employees. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they work on Fox Sports Detroit, but they are paid directly by the Red Wings. So they are propaganda, and the concept of uh, all is good, all is good, it's all a lot of fun in the Joe, and everybody's there having a great old time. Even if you can see it on TV, uh, selling it to the viewers is important to the Red Wings, that, uh, that that's still what's going on. Um, it doesn't necessarily... Because the the only other option is like, oh, well, the crowd is kind of sparse here. It sounds shitty to say from the announcers. Um, so that's that's the reason. Yep. Nothing else to add there. I mean, yeah. Uh, Katie Annie Six, how much do you miss the mule on this team? A lot. Yeah. As much as I, like, as much as a lot of people probably hate to say it uh, because of its contract and all that shit and... Hey everybody! Just uh, just to let you know that um, we had some technical difficulties with, uh, during our reader questions, um, so we might not have gotten your question. Uh, so if we didn't, don't get mad at us. Uh, please just save it for the next one. You know we do it every week. Um, 
But uh, yeah, just some technical difficulties. I know. Sorry, Christmas time. We're just doing this to you. But uh, get us get us back next week if you didn't hear your questions. Thanks. That they're trying to pump up his value. They they honestly are high on him. They they like the guy. Mm-hmm. To the to the point where I think um, I think it was Chris Osgood actually had to stop John Keating from talking about him in the post game the other night when the. Um, after the Ducks game, like they were going on and on and on about, you know, how he created the win for this team and blah, blah, blah. And I like almost was literally yelling at my television to just stop because it was, it was so stupid to, to like, and they, and they just kept going on and on about it. Like they just kept maintaining that it was, you know, because of him that the wings won that game. And it was like, there is, rah, rah. Yeah, you know, it yeah. that was just it was too much and and it was yeah, it was disappointing. And I'm all for saying like a like a fight sparked the team or like woke the team up or something because it it definitely wakes the crowd up. Like there's mm-hmm. no denying that which can wake a wake the team up or something like that. But saying that a fight sprouted a six goal outburst or whatever however many goals it was just give me a fucking break come on like can we just i don't know can we can you not yeah if that's what (laughs) if that's what yeah can you not if that's what it takes to spark uh uh offense out of a team then you have huge issues like way bigger than than you can comprehend so yeah, and the other thing about that is that when there's not a lot of positives to talk about with the Red Wings too. I mean, they are consistently playing bad, and so right. It was kind of in the the preseason article that that I wrote about Odd about how basically none of the diggers had anything nice to say about his skill set because it was you know it's it's all it's all intangibles when it comes to that. Well, when there's not a lot of good things to say. about about the, the product on the ice, you start looking for intangibles, and that's that's what he does. He makes the game more interesting. So, mm-hmm. It's generally the Red Wings' fault that Ott is good. Because it, it took like all season for Dallas Drake to get like really that much love. I mean, there was a lot of like little here and there, but you, you didn't notice it because at the time, there was a lot of like, well, that's Thomas Holmstrom stealing another goal from Nick Lidstrom. Ha ha ha. Um, and so you would have to get into like the the weeds when they ran out of shit to talk about to hear anything about you know Dallas Drake's intangibles helping out, um, or plus the wings weren't losing, so it didn't bother anybody. Right. If they wanted to go ahead and say and <laughs> give Dallas Drake credit. It's like okay, fine, whatever. That's silly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It was what it is. Yeah, like I said, Dallas Drake was brought into a completely different situation. Okay. Uh, very last piece, Nick New Noy, Nick New. Nick Not a New. question. Just wanted to say I finally removed M Live from my RSS feed. <laughs> I've seen enough posts where it's literally just a title in a video. So, like, thanks for having journalistic integrity. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, thank you for compliments. We are, certainly, we are certainly not journalists here at Wing and Motown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, a couple of us have journalism degrees, but... Um, we don't have access. We are not traditional journalists. Yeah, if we... Yeah. We try. We try our best. We try hard. 
you know, we love the game. We bring 100%. We have, we have good intangibles. Yeah, we're good yeah. in the room. Ah, very, very good. And we do have integrity. Yeah. And we do, yeah. And uh, we will, uh, every now and then, we will uh, spark a win. I don't know if that's true, but... <laughs> I'm gonna say. But if, if we believe it hard enough, we can write enough articles about it. We have a lot of heart. That's exactly. that's all that you need to know. We have a lot of heart. And uh, that's that's really important. Um, okay, so that was uh, that was a good segment of uh, reader questions. Uh, any hockey-related thoughts before we close it out? Um, the Red Wings have kind of a light schedule coming up here before the next time we talk. Um, obviously, with the Christmas, uh, they're not going to play Christmas Eve. They won't play Christmas, and then I they play Friday. Um, uh, they'll play Florida. So obviously, you just pretty much mark that as up as a mark that up as a loss. Um, sorry, but I just. Whatever. Um, Vincent Trocheck will score. Yeah, Trocheck will score four goals or something yeah. stupid <laughs> like that. Or I don't know, uh, Jake McCaber or some some dickhead from their farm <laughs> team will score four. four McCaber. McCaber. <laughs> Captain. McCaber. McKenzie. Like, he's or whatever. Scottish. I don't know. Like, how, um, how about a. Uh, uh, Raymond, uh, uh, no, Thurman Merman. Thurman Merman will come score four goals against us. A right. sixth round yeah. pick back in 2009 or something like if that. It's Florida, it's going to be Jakob Kindle with a Hattie. Oh, oh God. Kill me in the face. <laughs> Final hockey related thought is I think for Red Wings fans, the team is like oversauced eggs Benedict. <laughs> and they are they're just tired of the Holland days. No. I hate you so much. <laughs> you really should have saved that for Twitter. Oh, I'm gonna put it on Twitter too. Okay. Oh my god. god you are going to burn in hell for that one. Uh, you're, you're all I can't really follow that. Yeah, I can't I can't I can't I yeah, I can't. <laughs> Final hockey-related thought is from JJ. <laughs> and go Red Wings. Yeah, go Red Wings. Fuck you, JJ. Go Red Wings. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we'll go ahead and just say that, uh, that that'll close us out. We can't really top that. So um, this has been the holiday special edition. Um, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. And uh, have a happy new year. Go Wings. Go Wings.